Justin Chambers. You're listening to member-supported community radio, WMNF Tampa. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Hey, uh, you. Yes, you, my dear companion, on this too short of an hour that makes up the Healthy Saps Radio Show. And thank you for keeping your radio or app set to WMNF Tampa and around the globe at WMNF.org. And when they're not listening to big band swing music, WMNF is the only radio station that the gals listen to at Bear Flag Restaurant on Cannery Row. While preparing for this show, I noticed that today is the birthday of Federico Garcia Lorca. He was born on this day in 1898. If you don't know of Lorca, you would be doing yourself a splendid favor to make the Google acquaintance of him and to enter his dream world of symbolism and surrealism in his poetry and theater. His poems are often a melancholy reflection in the tales of gypsies and bullfighters and the sad and sensual sobbing of the guitar and flamingo music, infused with the love and longing and emotional intensity that can only be told with a Spanish heart. He is also credited with revitalizing the golden age of Spanish theater in collaboration with his ardent friend and fellow Spaniard Salvador Dali, who designed and painted some of Lorca's stage settings. Lorca was brutally murdered by the minions of the vicious fascist dictator Francisco Franco in 1936 at the beginning of the Spanish Civil War. Legend has it that he was buried in a grave that he was forced to dig for himself. I will put a bookmarker in at this place and continue at the task at hand. This is Ask Me Anything Monday, and the price of admission is steep. You have to pay attention. And if you have any medical questions or concerns, give us a call at 813-239-9663. Irene is in the control room, just anxious for your call. You can also send an email to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Well, good morning to you, Dr. Fred. Ask Me Anything Monday sometimes seems to me to be an hour-long pop quiz that you seem to ace each week. So let's just jump right on in with both feet and see what our listeners bring to the show today. If my voice sounds like it's fading away, it's because I'm stepping back to let you take the stage. So take it away, Dr. Harvey. healthy steps listeners just came back from another one of those amazing amazing mind melds where these brilliant people get together and share uplifting ideas the institute for functional medicine had its annual international conference for the first time live since the pandemic and wow it was it was beautiful to be there with all those light workers who are helping to uplift humanity out of the dark ages of poverty thinking medicine. You know, um, it's really interesting that my show got introduced again today by, um, as usual on Monday mornings, um, Amy Goodman and staff really do an amazing job. And the fact that they were talking about one of the most materialistic and disgusting events of uh, this century um, that is based in the poverty thinking of 
the illness care paradigm. Now, don't get me wrong. I was trained in illness care. I think it's a foundation for understanding what can go wrong, but it is not a foundation for healthcare. And the Sackler family proved that it's not a foundation for healthcare. It's a foundation for ongoing illness care and symptom treatment that gets us into trouble. Symptom treatment is not the answer for long-term illness. And we're dealing with a pandemic of chronic illness. Um, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic within a pandemic uh, was mentioned by Dr. Jeffrey Bland. Jeffrey Bland is the emeritus director of the Institute for Functional Medicine because it was his brainchild, along with David Jones, a brilliant family practitioner from Oregon. And Dr. Bland uh, realized that um, this pandemic was going to change things. And he made some predictions. I'm not going to go into a, a, a long um, um, uh, description of what he was saying because he, he's brilliant and, and, and can talk for an hour about this subject. But the bottom line is he, he tells us that the pandemic of COVID-19 was within another pandemic. And that pandemic is the destruction of the human uh, condition, essentially. Uh, with toxins and and uh, non-food substances. Um, the reason many people did poorly with COVID-19 is not because of COVID-19 or not because of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that caused the immune problem COVID-19. It's because our systems were already primed to actually have a bad event. And and so since we were primed for it, many people did poorly. And, and it it tends to be that as we age, we are diagnosed with more illnesses. And most of those illnesses are treated at the downstream location of symptom. Blood pressure medicines lower blood pressure, but they don't correct the causation of blood pressure problems. A great article just showed up today about um, estrogen. Um, the oral use of estrogen in the perimenopausal period is associated with an increase in high blood pressure. So what we're seeing is that oral estrogen screws up liver metabolism, increases clotting factors, and irritates the blood vessel linings, resulting in higher blood pressure. Oral estrogen. Topical patches and creams do not have that same association. And so the way we deliver these things and, and the types, because a bioidentical actually you know, human estradiol is different from conjugated equine estrogens, which is what's in the pill called Premarin, pregnant mare urine. Uh, we concentrate horse estrogens and give them to women. It's no wonder that those are also associated with a higher blood pressure because they're not human. They're toxins and they're generally given orally. And so the liver has to process this stuff and it results in all kinds of changes. So um, we are going to see changes in the way uh, healthcare is delivered because of this issue that we're seeing here. And, and so what I see is that Western medicine, conventional medicine, the current illness care standard is very good at taking care of acute illness, but it completely loses itself when it tries to deal with chronic illness because it doesn't actually deal with the cause for chronic illness. It deals with symptoms. And so as long as we continue to treat chronic illness with symptom medication, we're going to end up with death 
and dysfunction. And part of the understanding of what we do in functional medicine is that we allow for uncertainty because even though the Western model, the acute care disease care model seems to be certain, it's not. It acts certain. Oh, here's your diagnosis and here's the pill for it. Well, that's actually a delusional paradigm because the pills that they give for the ills are not actually treating the ills. Like we found with, there's something like 278 different medication trials for Alzheimer's disease, trying to find a pill for the plaque, a pill for the amyloid, a pill for this. And what they found is people tend to get worse because they're actually stopping a process that's stopping a process. So here, here's the concept, dementia with plaque in the brain. The plaque is actually a normal, but over-aggressive response by the body to help prevent destruction from something like a virus. And when we pull that plaque away, the virus gets free and it starts doing more destruction. So we need to actually understand how these things are happening deeper and not look for simple bullets because that's the way the current model is set up. We need to actually look for a better model and we found it. It's called functional medicine. It's called systems-based biology and it's root cause medicine. And so we can actually rethink the way the function is addressed. And it allows us to search upstream for structures and be able to affect the structures upstream so that they don't fall apart and come down and destroy other systems like organs and result in disease. You know, um, when I was um, in college, I, I became aware of a, a, a very interesting book called The Lives of a Cell. It was written by Lewis Thomas. He was a doctor, MD. And uh, uh, it's, it's subtitled The Notes of a Biology Watcher. And, and what he proposes is that the earth is a cell, a living cell, and we are all functional units in that cell. Currently, it appears that human society is actually a dysfunctional unit. It's kind of like when um, we have our autoimmune diseases in the body where our body's attacking our body. Well, humans are attacking, it's, you know, the body of the cell. Um, capitalism is causing uh, destruction of environments all over the planet. And we've already uh, resulted in a loss of a third of all species since the beginning of 1900. You know, we're, we're eating the planet. Um, a new way of looking this uh, looking at this has been written a, an update, an update on the lives of the cell, essentially. It's called The Song of the Cell, an exploration of medicine and the new human by Siddhartha Mukherjee, M-U-K-H-E-R-J-E-E. -E. And I'm going to get the book. I haven't yet. I just found out about it this weekend. And I really love The Lives of a Cell. It's a very simple book. You might want to get that one, too, because it gives us a different picture of what we're doing here. Um, you know, the earth is our only home. And in order to heal humanity, in order to cure illnesses, we need to actually consider the entire planet in our thoughts about change. And I'd like to talk to y'all about these thoughts about change because this is a call-in radio show and we are on WMNF 88.5 Tampa. Yes, and thoughts are important. We can't get them without you giving us a call. So you are listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, and it is the Ask Me Anything Monday show. This is where you get to decide where 
the topic goes. You're encouraged to give a call at 813-239-9663. Ever faithful Irene is in the control room waiting for you. And you can send emails to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. And back off to you there, doctor. Well, thank you. So um, over the next couple of weeks, I'll be reviewing some of the amazing, amazing talks um, that I, I experienced this past week um, because there's some great information about how we can step back, slow down, and, and really um, work upstream on ourselves because there's so many simple things to do. And really, it does come back to a foundation that I've harped on numerous times. Um, the Blue Zone's way of living. Slow it down. Have a purpose. Get up every day with something you have passion about doing. Eat a diet that is plant forward. All of the people who live to 100 years old eat a plant forward diet, but they all eat meat. Animal protein is super helpful for growing protein in your body. Bones, hair, skin, and nails require good protein. And yet, if 80% of your diet is a rainbow of plants, you're going to be much healthier eating that protein. And if you think about the type of protein, you really don't, unless you can't afford anything else, you don't want to eat lots of cheap meat because it's been tortured. It's been poisoned. It's been fed inappropriate foods. You want to get local grass-finished beef. You know, we're fortunate here in Florida that we have a large cattle industry. And right east of me, out in East Sarasota County, DeSoto County, there are farms, ranches, that they actually grow completely pasture-fed beef, and they will harvest them. You can buy a quarter of a cow. You can buy a steak. You can buy some ground meat. But this beef is super well cared for. And also most of these farms have associations with poultry farms that do ethical poultry farming where they practically know all of the 400 birds on their, on their farm rather than the 40,000 on one of those commercial farms. Locally grown food is best. We are really fortunate here that we have a huge amount of organic farms all around us. And the Tampa area has a sharing cooperative where people who grow in their backyards, in their patios, in their condos, and in farms actually have a, a sharing structure. And uh, that's been talked about on, the, on our next show following me, Sustainable Living. They do some great work there. So um, we really have an opportunity here to move into a new area, a new, a new place where we really look at uh, our, our world differently. And some of the words that I like that come with this revised definition of the structure function model, which is where we all come from, structure of the receptor, structure of the, the, the drug, uh, and inducing different function. The words are really, really growth oriented, emergence, resonance, harmonics, systems biology genetic expression and a word that i've used for years homeodynamics versus homeostasis and these are it's it's about growth it's about connectivity and it's just such a beautiful thing and i want to talk with some of the beautiful callers who are on the line right now and indeed we do have a couple of beautiful callers i've got george crystal and claudia so let's go off to george in ebor city good morning george 
Hello. I was wondering if you are familiar with um, Robert Boink. He's an engineer, and he um, talks about the whole he, – he calls it a systems approach, <clears throat> but it's exactly like the cell approach of looking at everything as all as one. I was just wondering if you heard of him. No. Would you spell his last name? B-O-I-K. Okay, no, I'll have to look him up. Um, again, yeah. systems is what we need because it's systems. You know what's really interesting? We see this applicable across all areas of human concern. You know, Jeff Bezos, Jeff yeah. Bezos created a system that connects the entire planet. It's fantastic. Amazon is really an impressive work of systems-based interaction. I have another question. Um, I, I wonder if you agree. I think you do. The Out of all of the world's problems, I think the largest one is the food chain. And I would say that we need to stop treating overweight or eating as a diet problem, and it should be a psychological problem. Because isn't it true that half the time stuff you're eating is not because you need food? Because of, well, I'm There are a lot of, lot of layers to that question, and I'd start with, the food chain. Let's go back to that. We have an industrial food chain. That's not appropriate. So what we have is big oil supplying big chemical to supply fertilizer and poison to big agriculture, which then sells its poisons to big food. And big food creates boxed items that are nowhere near food. They're tasty food-like substances that are filled with all kinds of artificial ingredients and stripped of vital nutrients because of super processing. Anything that's far from whole, and you know, you have a modified food starch. If it says something like that on the box, you know you want to throw it away because modified food starch is an industrial byproduct. Corn oil is an industrial byproduct. High fructose corn syrup is an industrial byproduct. These are chemicals that are not meant for human in, uh, consumption. And so if we start at the, at the food chain and we um, first start with our government and stop subsidizing big oil, big chemistry, big agriculture, and big food, we'll actually move away from that. But they have this delusion that this stuff actually feeds people. Maybe it's because they want people to be actually less functional and help promote more illness. I don't think so. But so food chain, it really is it. And so we need to refocus our food chain locally because local food is better. Ayurvedic medicine tells us that we eat local, we eat seasonal. It only makes sense. We don't, we, our bodies are set up for that. You know, when we harvest a lot of fruit at the end of summer and start harvesting a bunch of squashes and things, we eat all those carbohydrates and our body puts the weight on for the winter when we don't have as much access. And so I, I don't think we I don't think we emphasize enough what you're saying about the local food chain. I agree. President Obama, President Obama, when he was leaving office, he only had about two months left. Yes, he did a really good. He did a good interview with Bill Maher, and he spilled the beans on everything. And he said that big food lobby is bigger than the office of CODIS. Yes, he and Michelle. He and Michelle tried to do stuff, and he he said I was kind of surprised to hear that it's bigger. In other words, there's nothing the president can do. So I think it's oh. up to us. Well, yeah, you have to reorient have to. there, too, because presidents are losing power. Um, the Aquarian age actually steals power from single leaders. Presidents are going to go away sometime in the next couple of centuries because we're not going to look for glorious leaders to lead us around because they don't make good decisions alone. And it's evident that 
uh, President Biden doesn't make decisions on his own for the most part. He has a sur- he's surrounded by a team of people that coach him on what to say, what to do and how to do it, because there's no way that that man could actually uh, assimilate and be able to deal with all the information it takes to be a president. We're going to need to move to a council version of running a nation as big as ours and running a world. And we're going to need to accept that we're going to need one world government to actually deal with the amount of people and the amount of resources we have on this planet. It sounds scary, but it doesn't have to be because we don't have to let it be run by capitalists that would be liking to extract from us everything they possibly can for profit. If we if we look at it from a different standpoint and have a zero growth economy, a sustainable economy, we can actually get out of this problem. Capitalism won't let us out of the problem because we have to keep using our government to support the crappy capitalists that keep failing. You know, the banks that were too big to fail, that we propped up, the car industry that we propped up. This is not what we should be doing. They should fail and we should go back to having 27 car makers. Why not? You know, GM bought them all up and got rid of them. <laughs> so why, why are we doing this method? But don't let um, us people get off the hook because remember when they tried to outlaw um, large side sodas in New York City and everybody was crying about it. Boo hoo! Let them cry. Everybody <laughs> cries about it. Yeah, we need to um, change our behavior. And yeah, we need to put an eight dollar tax. We need to put an eight dollar tax on a bottle of soda <laughs> and put all that tax yeah. money directly into diabetes care. Let me give you one last question, and I'll let you go. Um, I think you said a key thing about Amazon and the network because I was in the military for 20 years, and we always had to have a badge for a network. And yes. any large corp, any large corporation, they make you wear a badge. Well, that is going to spread, like what you're saying, because it has to because of databases. And Soon, more and more. Soon, we'll all be having some sort of badge or tag or number or something like that. So we're heading the way that you're talking about, but I don't know yeah. if it's good or bad. Well, if we AI, let capitalists AI run it and extract that. profit from our badges, then yes, we're in a bad place. But if we don't have capitalism extracting profit from our badges, then we're we're in a better place. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Hey, great show. I'll let you go. Thank you. Thank you. Who's next? All right, I've got Crystal from Lutz on the line, and I'm going to give the number on out to encourage people to give a call at 813-239-9663 or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And, yes, I've got Crystal, and then right behind Crystal, Claudia. Good morning, Crystal. Hey, good morning. Hey. Uh, um, I have a, uh, of course, I think everybody has complicated history. Um, you're breaking up. I can't hear a thing you're saying. Oh, can you hear me now? I can. Okay. I said I have a comp, like everybody, I have a complicated history. And it seems like I have one doctor that's telling me I have AFib. And yet I seem to be having a lot of big gastric distress. Oh, gosh, it's hard to even breathe. And, um, the, when I went to the, I've been to a couple walk-ins and been to an endocrinologist, and they say that it's um, I need to have an endoscopy done. Um, they gave me medication to block the acid in my stomach, and that made it worse for me. Um, ah. What medication did they give you? A proton pump inhibitor, like Prilosec? Yes, Protex, yes, yes. 
that's what they gave me. And when I took that, the first time I took it, it, it worked fine. And then when I took the seventh, second dose, it seemed like my whole abdomen blew up and I'm having a lot of difficulty breathing, um, mm. you know, and sleeping. Now, I was... So have you been checked for sleep apnea? Yes, I have. And I, I do have sleep apnea. Is it treated? Uh, no, it isn't because I have okay. been... I've been sick and I haven't been able, I haven't been able to drive for a month because of this. Oh, no. Yeah. So we, we know that sleep apnea causes stomach distress. It causes reflux. It causes atrial fibrillation. All of your yeah. symptoms could be sleep apnea. Get it treated. Okay. Now, my, one of my questions is that I'm online, of course, that's where we go in distress, is betadine hydrochloric, hydrochloride. Is, is Do you know what that is? I know what betaine hydrochloride is. It's an acid, and you don't want to add acid to your system because that's not the problem. The problem is not okay. that you have low stomach acid. The problem is you have sleep apnea, untreated. Okay, okay. and that's causing the swelling in my stomach and the inability yes. for me to eat and breathe yes. and walk across the room? Okay. Probably. Okay. Because um, sleep apnea changes your gut microbiome, it changes your um, hormone levels, it changes your neurotransmitter levels, it irritates your blood vessels, and it's associated with uh, air hunger. Um, and so this trouble breathing could all be related to that. However, there could be something else going on. Many of your symptoms sound as if you could be in the post-COVID syndrome. Well, I haven't had COVID. Okay, good. So it's so probably sleep of. apnea. And yeah. I would get that treated as soon as possible. Okay. Now, um, is there anything else that I can, that you can suggest that I, I have an appointment with an acupuncturist today because I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at, I'm at my limit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, really that is the most effective thing I have to offer. Um, you know, there are other over the counter anti-acid things, but that's not like take you to root cause and get this fixed. Okay. Okay, terrific. So, all right. I just didn't know if there's anything else that you might have to offer me. Um, That's it. Get, yeah. get this treated. You know what's wrong with you. Get it treated. Okay, terrific. Thank you, Dr. Harvey. You're very welcome. Bye. All righty. And yes, Claudia from Newport. Good morning to you. Uh, from Northport. Thank you very much. Hi, Claudia. Uh, hi. Um, I'm curious about how to, I've been looking into detoxing of, of metals in the body yes. and parasites and also to the proper type of magnesiums to take. Okay. So, um, detox, um, that's something you can affect pretty easily by simply stopping toxic loads. So get rid of processed foods. Don't eat any artificial chemicals, sweeteners, colors, flavors, and go whole. Get close to the ground. Do whole oats and fresh salads and uh, uh, whole grass-fed meat. Those are really good ways to go non-toxic in your lifestyle. And then um, uh, things that actually really help with detoxification are plant-forward diets. You want to get lots of chlorophyll, lots of green leaves, because chlorophyll is a binder for toxic metals. You can take extra chlorophyll in the form of chlorella um, and, and other uh, uh, um, uh, algaes and things like that that can help to bind. 
and you want to take fiber because fiber binds, but it also helps you evacuate more often. And you want to actually get lots of water, at least um, two liters a day, because you want to maintain bowel movements two to three times a day to continue the detox process. Um, parasites, I'm not so worried about unless you actually are having significant problems because um you know, parasitic um, infestation is something we've dealt with for millennia. And uh, here's an interesting uh, thought. In a large, large population study across the planet, they looked mm -hmm. at thousands of people. And what they found out was that in the nations that had the most parasit parasitic infestations, they had the least amount of Alzheimer's disease. In the countries that had the most amount of uh, or the the no sorry the most amount of parasitic infestations least Alzheimer's least amount of parasitic infestations which is first world America Europe have the most Alzheimer's so there's a thing that goes on here with the way our bodies react to parasites because we've dealt with them forever it actually calms down our immune system overall um, and so I would spend more time looking to stop toxins coming in and uh -huh. help them get out naturally. And there's another thing I really love. It's a homo homeopathic combination therapy called drainer. And drainer just tells your body to lose the toxins. It's a good thing. Yeah. My, my next thing with that is, um, well, you had talked about it earlier, uh, Monsanto. Now, I know a lot of products are now saying... Um, what is it, poly, no polyglycomates, I believe it is. You know, the leftover Roundup in the ground. And okay. I mean, that we can, you know, we can try and eat healthy. And I and I believe they have said that a lot of our greens and our oats, which I, I do, I'm not, I, I, I'm very much a home cook. I do not eat processed food. I do not do artificial sweeteners. Good. Um, but I, I do need to get rid of the regular sugar. But um, the problem is, and it's been said, is is the leftover um, poisons that are in the ground from them using right. the Roundup. So, so we can't avoid the toxins that we have tried to kill our planet and our species with. Mm -hmm. they're, they're everywhere. And so what we need to do is do active work on ourselves. And so, as I already told you, how to work on detox naturally with lifestyle and food, you can add some supplements, things like uh, the broccoli or brassica extract called sulforaphane, um, green tea extract, uh, resveratrol or terostilbene, um, uh, antioxidants of all kinds. Um, the more colors of plants that you eat, the more antioxidants and more detox yeah. you get. And so this yeah. is the way we can do it because we have no choice but to experience the glyphosate that shows up in organic yeah. wine because that's what yeah. our government allows to happen to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, now my husband. Claudia, Claudia, Claudia. Yeah. Hey, Claudia, yeah. thank you yeah. very much. And I'm going to move on to the next caller. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Thank you. No, no, don't need to apologize. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty. I've got Patrick from Valrico on the line. Thank you for waiting, Patrick. Welcome to the show. Doctor. Hey, thank hey you. Patrick. Hey, uh, thank you, sir. Uh, I have a uh, neck issue with a uh, couple of the discs. Uh, I had an MRI in December, and I believe it was a bulging disc at the time. 
which seems to radiate uh, into my left uh, shoulder blade area as well as uh-huh. my right upper arm. And uh, recently, I mean, it didn't bother me all the time, but uh, I say within the last three days, uh, the pain has just been constant, both the neck and the left shoulder blade area. So have yeah. you had physical therapy, um, chiropractic, acupuncture? Well, I'm going to go for chiropractic treatment. Um, but I've been dealing with this thing for about nine months. And, uh-huh. uh, uh, life as I as I used to know it, <laughs> it has changed dramatically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that happened to me uh, in 1994. I had a paralyzed right leg from a disc herniating and hitting my right S1 uh, nerve. And uh, I was unable to move it for about three months. Um, and I oh, used um, a variety of different modalities, including uh, chiropractic, acupuncture, yoga, um, herbs, um, steroids, muscle relaxants, painkillers, um, uh, 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 meditation, um, healing touch, nursing, any, any modality that I could. But I can tell you that when I re- repaired my two rotator cuffs um, in the, in the uh, beginning of this century, uh, <laughs> um, I used um, deep tissue massage, chiropractic, class four laser therapy, so nutritional supplementation, and something called muscle activation technique. Muscle activation technique helps you reorient your posture. It's really amazing. Um, and you might look for a muscle activation technique therapist near you, um, there are, uh, they are few and far between, but when you find one, it's like finding gold because they do some things that many other modalities don't. Okay. Is a TENS unit any, uh, help with any of that? TENS unit helps to, um, alleviate the pain, but it doesn't reorient you. You need to reorient you. Okay. And that's why the deep tissue massage, the class four laser and the muscle activation technique are really great, great modalities to add to whatever you're doing. Is surgery uh, something? I don't recommend surgery for um, back and neck uh, until you have tried these other modalities and all of them. (laughs) If you're not getting progress, you need a a village to heal this kind of problem because it's taken years to get there. It's going to take some months, maybe years to get out of it. But you have to persist. And it's possible to change it. I can tell you, I, I did not have surgery on my rotator cuffs. I did not have surgery on my back when the leg was paralyzed. I dedicated myself to healing my body. And you can do that, too. Uh, that's, I, that's very encouraging. I do appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the advice. Have a great day. Yes, you too. Well, thank you, Patrick. Best wishes. And I'm going to go to Alexandria in Clearwater. Good morning to you. Hi, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I like that I learn about many different topics without asking that question. So I wrote... Yeah, isn't it great down. when you get to hear the other people and learn from that? Yes. I wrote things down as you were in advising the other callers. Beautiful. So, thank you for using the resource as it should. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been struggling with midsection weight gain ever since a few years of being post-menopausal, as they call it. Yes. And I'm wondering if there's anything I can do in addition to frequent exercise, which I do, um, the HIT routines and the core work, um, and then also I eat as clean as I can with my budget. 
Um, so have you considered what my money goes to? <laughs> yeah. Have you considered? That's a great thing. You know, I, I think it's better to invest in high quality food and eat less of it than it is to eat lots of crappy food or non-food yeah. or tasty food like substances in boxes from the middle of the grocery store. But um, right. you're doing the right things and I, I love it. Um, the um, Let's see. What did I want to tell you? I kind of got lost because I was excited about what you're already doing for yourself. Um, so it's have you considered I'm doing hormone as much as I can? Yeah, have you I considered haven't. hormone replacement therapy? No. So there's good evidence that the apple body, the male central obesity that happens when you see the guy get to 50, women don't normally do that until they lose estrogen. Estrogen actually helps um, with hip and um, belly fat in women. That central obesity is, can be shifted with hormone replacement therapy. If you have a uterus, you need to have a progesterone with it, natural bioidentical progesterone and natural bioidentical estradiol, maybe mixed with some um, estriol in something called biased. Uh, this is a really nice combination that can really help you shift the way your body is metabolizing right now. And it's called biased? Well, that's one of them, but I would say you need to explore hormone replacement therapy with someone who's going to do bioidentical hormones with you. Okay. And I think I it would be highly helpful. Through a functional medicine practitioner? Yes, you can look up functional medicine practitioners at ifm.org. And you could also actually ask your gynecologist, because many gynecologists are doing bioidentical replacement now. Not all, but many. And, and if you ask them, they'll probably do it. Topical is best. So you want a patch or a cream? The oral progesterone is okay but it can also be done in the cream. The oral estrogen actually causes higher blood pressure. Yes, I was hearing that before. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You're I very welcome. Into it. All righty, and Teresa from Avon Park. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, blessed, benevolent, well, thank you. I'm generous. Oh. You go, I'm a love. I'm a love at this store. I'm a love at you. All of you. <laughs> So welcome, Teresa. Glad you're here. Well, get to the question. Have you noticed? Wait, wait. You need to get the phone a little bit more oriented because it's very garbled. Okay. Um, let's see what I can do. I hope you didn't miss one of those compliments. Well, so what have you got? What's your question, my dear? The question is, have you noticed a taste in cucumbers? I also noticed eating watermelon. I'm afraid it's some kind of a chemical. It's like a perfume. I don't like it. So you've noticed something in watermelons and cucumbers that you don't like? Something perfumey that never was there before in these fruits and veg. I'm well, that's that interesting. Some kind of chemical. Well, it probably is. Uh, one thing I've noticed with um, uh, the curcubita family um, watermelon and uh, uh, cucumbers do have some chemicals in it. Um, I believe they might be lectins. I'm not sure, but these chemicals do actually react with some people and um, cause um, some gastrointestinal upset. Um, so it could just be that you're you're sensing this chemical. It could be that it's because it was grown in an area where the plant got stressed and changed its chemical nature. Um, I'm not really sure because I'm, I'm not sure what you're actually experiencing. But um, all plants do make um, uh, these uh, phytochemicals. 
uh, flavonoids and such that are, that are in a sense, uh, pesticides. They, they're designed to keep them from being eaten by the rabbits or whatever. And so our bodies have found out that these chemicals really help us survive better. So we eat them because they're uh, a, I guess, a kind of mild toxin of a sorts that challenges our liver to step up and do a better job. It challenges our cells to step up. So it, it may be that um, there's nothing wrong with what you're smelling there. It's just that plant's uniqueness, but I'm not really sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you there, Teresa. And Barbara, how are you this morning? Good mo hey, good morning, Dr. Fred and everyone. Good morning. Um, hi. What have you got um, today, Barbara? Okay. Well, I went to my, my doctor at TGH and told him, you know, that I was trying to get off sertraline. And I've been weaning myself off because he's talking about increasing my dosage from a... Um, uh, what do you call it? A child, a child yeah. dose because I was only on 25 milligrams. And he said, Oh no, that won't work. You have to be on it for life. <laughs> I love delusion, it makes me laugh. <laughs> he said, That's intended to be on your, your to be a lifelong drug. So, wow, is this a primary care doctor or a psychiatrist? Yes, primary care doctor. Yeah, well, unfortunately, they don't know much about psychiatry, um, and they are the most likely to prescribe an inappropriate antidepressant for someone who's not got a disease, and they're pretty much unlikely to take you off of it because, like she said, she has a delusional belief that this is a lifetime um, uh, toxin you need to take to toxify your brain so it works differently. Um, I don't buy into that paradigm because I don't buy into the paradigm that Depression is a disease. Depression is a thing that showed up in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Psychiatry that describes a symptom complex that is about sad mood and certain behaviors associated with sad mood. But it's not a disease because there's no actual biomarker for the disease depression. And so psychiatry is still practicing like 19th century medicine. And it would be nice if they joined us in the 21st century and did some biomarkers because, you know, there are, there are things we have found out that your microbiome in your belly, if it's disturbed, can cause bad mood. There are inflammatory chemicals called cytokines that, if imbalanced, can cause bad mood. There's inflammation that can actually change the way you make the serotonin, dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, all the neurotransmitters that can make you have a bad mood. And you can also have um, disturbances in your hormones that create bad mood. And yet psychiatry and primary care don't look at these root causes for mood changes. They use pills that don't actually have a reason for use. When you look at the PDR on sertraline, it says, we don't know the mechanisms of action in depression, but it screws around with this receptor and that receptor and does these things. But we don't know how it changes mood. And by the way, you should probably take the patient off of this in six months to see if they still need it. Because by the time six months are over, the reason for the bad mood might be over. Because a lot of people treat right. grief. I think, uh -huh. I think I'm, um, but I, I did, he increased my dosage and I never took the higher dose and I just kept That's not smart. taking. Why and does he want I to increase your dose? What's, what's the problem you've got that he wants to increase the dose for? Well, 
I I don't know exactly because I'm on a adolescent dosage. Yeah, but I mean, what what what's the problem that you present with that he wants to keep increasing the dose for? Um, I don't know. I have a disease, Parkinson's disease. So I don't know. He thinks that's probably why I'm depressed. But are you depressed or do you just have Parkinson's disease and the Parkinson's disease is affecting your mood because it screws up dopamine and dopamine is the happy chemical? Right. Well, I don't. Right. Yeah. So what's he doing? He's not even looking at the reasons for your issue. He's just throwing pills at you because somebody told him, oh, that might work for mood. So I stopped taking it completely. And I think and that's why I'm calling you, because I'm trying to find out if you think I mean, I, I feel the same as I did when I was taking it. Well, yeah, it probably will be because you're with Parkinson's disease, it's likely your problem is dopamine, not serotonin. So serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitors aren't really going to change your dopamine level. So it's not going to change your mood too much. So it's no wonder you don't feel different off of it. And no wonder you didn't feel anything on it and no reason for you to increase the dose because it's not doing anything of value for you. So in reality, um, you're on the right path, but I would actually seek some advice from a good functional medicine practitioner. And basically what I said earlier today on the program is follow the blue zones living arrangement and you will actually begin to improve overall the way you function. Um, But you may need more and other things that can help you with mood are myriad, meditation, uh, exercise, uh, acupuncture, different uh, nutritional supplementation, even fish oil might help. Right. I'm on all, I'm on all that. Um, methyl, yeah, um, methyl folic acid. Um, these are all mood lifters. So the, meth- is the, meth- is, uh, the B12, the mix B12, they don't, they're starting to, the government's starting to tell the pharmacy they can't make it anymore. The compounding pharmacy, but they're trying to sell no. me the other one that doesn't have mix in it that has the S- No, you can, you can actually tell them that's not true and you need to find a different compounding pharmacy, but you can also take it orally. Most people absorb uh, methyl B12 orally and you don't need to take an injection from a pharmacy. What, the injection's really good. It really makes me feel like so good. So there's some evidence that you actually have a probable methylation problem and a B vitamin problem and not a depression problem. You have a mood issue due to metabolism and a functional medicine doctor can help you look through your methylation issues and help you figure out what to do to support the way your system works. Right. And can I ask you a question my granddaughter wanted me to ask you about? Actually, I'm going to move on to the next one. And and I hope you have good luck with getting your um, mood improved naturally. Okay, thank you very much. Have a good day. You're so welcome. You too. But do call back, Barbara. Please. Um, We've got uh, a couple lined on up, so I'm going to go right to Christina. Good morning, Christina. You've got about eight more minutes. Good morning. Hi, Christina. Uh, Really quickly, before I ask my question, I just want to tell you some good news. Uh, When I called on the show a few weeks ago and I had asked you how to safely gain weight with my EPI and my colitis, you suggested yes. the paleo diet, and I took it on. I did what you told me to do. I did kind of a mild version of paleo, and sure enough, I was able to gain a little weight and maintain it. I've got a long way to go, but I just wanted to thank you for that. It, it worked. Nobody Congratulations. else told me how to, how to gain weight, so thank you. Beautiful. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't keep eating cake and eating pasta every day, so this was the way to do it, so thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so my question is, I have a vitamin question. Um, my, one of my health nut friends texted me telling me to be careful with 
vitamin E um, because my GI did put me on vitamin E for my non-alcoholic liver. And I don't know if I'm misunderstanding her test or it's a typo, but she said alpha tocopherol vitamin E should not be used by itself without tocotrinol and gamma tocopherol. Um, I went on a Google rabbit hole. Um, and she, she said it's just very dangerous. So I don't know what she means, but I looked at well, the... She's a little vitamins. She's a little hyperbolic. Okay. It's not dangerous. Okay. It's just not as effective. Um, mixed tocopherols and mixed tocotrienols are the gamut of the types of vitamin E molecules in the body and in plant world. And this um, um, variety kind of a, another a rainbow of vitamin E, so to speak, is actually um, the way it sh- uh, shows up in nature and the way our body's been used to it for, you know, millennia. So um, the mixed um, varieties, and you can get these, you don't have to just get straight alpha, D-alpha tocopherol. You don't want D-L-alpha tocopherol because that's synthetic. You want the mixed tocopherols and mixed tocotrienols, and they usually do a uh, contain the gamma, delta, alpha, and and so that way you get the best antioxidant potential. So if I'm looking at these fat-soluble vitamins and it says vitamin E as D-alpha-tocopherol, is that sufficient or no? Well, that's just the plain old alpha-tocopherol. You probably want to get a little bit broader on that and do the mixed tocopherols, mixed tocotrienols, and that way you'll get the best gamut. But you're not going to be harmed by taking 100 units of vitamin E, D, alpha, tocopherol. Okay. So, I'm sorry, I'm just writing that down. Mixed tocopherols plus mixed... Tocotrienols. 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 Those are the two groups of the vitamin E's. So, I hope that helps you. Mixed with vitamin E. Okay, so I will look for that. Yeah, I'll be, uh, one of these bottles of vitamin E actually says on the front DL alpha. So I guess that is the one that's not good. DL, okay. yeah, that's synthetic. Throw it away. Throw it away. Okay. It's probably, so it's probably in look- GMO soybean oil, too, if you look at the label. <gasps> that's the other question I had for you. Why would, I mean, there's soybean oil in this? Because it's there's- industrial chemicals. That's why they do it. They don't care. <laughs> so thank you, right. Christina. Have a great week. I'm going to move over to thank emails so now because we're down to the end. Um, Polly, oh, yeah, you too. <laughs> Polymyalgia rheumatica. Do you know what causes it? Yes. Um, it, it's caused by an imbalance in your immune system. It's got lots of triggers. It could be gluten. It could be a virus. It could be uh, mercury. It's really hard to tell because all the mycotoxins uh, post-COVID, anything can trigger a vascular inflammation. Polymyalgia is many muscles. Rheumatica is, you know, like rheumatoid disease. So they're talking about many muscles are inflamed and painful, but it's because the blood vessels are inflamed. And the way you fix this is not with steroids. You actually have to see a functional medicine doctor and clean yourself up. Start with an anti-inflammatory diet like a paleo diet, a walls type diet or an autoimmune protocol diet where you clean up and get rid of all the grains and all the uh, simple sugars and the crappy oils and you really clean up your diet. That's a great place to start. And you might want to add in some natural anti-inflammatories like fish oil and, and, and uh, uh, curcumin. But a functional medicine doctor can really help guide you. 
Um, here's another one. I'm a breast cancer survivor with bad knees, bone on bone. Had some cortisone shots, but don't want to take them. So opted for hyaluronic acid gel shots. I like them. Hyaluronic acid is the matrix that makes up the cartilage uh, and the and the synovial fluid, the the slick gooiness that's in your in your joints that makes everything lubricated and and move along. It's a great thing to do if it can hold off your surgery. And at some point, maybe surgery is necessary, but I would hold that off as long as possible. Um, let's see. Here's one. I've used stevia for years. What are my what is my preferred sweetener? Actually, I'm kind of with Andrew Weil. I like some uh, um, a little bit of. Uh, uh, Maple syrup, because it's rather low in uh, fructose compared to all the other natural sweeteners. I'm not a big fan of the flavor of stevia or monk fruit, but when used in small quantities, monk fruit to me is okay. Stevia is really okay. I just, I don't prefer it because it has an aftertaste kind of like saccharin to me. Um, and are there any affordable functional medicine clinics? Great question. We were talking about that at the conference this weekend, and it's very difficult because insurance doesn't cover two-hour intake visits. And so, and that's what it takes me to get to the heart of an issue when somebody's very complex. And I see complex people. I'm not doing general primary care functional medicine. I'm doing high-level recovery work for people who are in serious chronic illness who haven't been able to get better with with chronic disease. And so it's very difficult to do that kind of work on, on an insurance basis. But group visits are something I'm going to explore and many other doctors are going to explore to help reduce cost and get people into functional medicine. That said, um, we are down to the end of the hour and it moved so fast today. How about it, Bill? I think it went great. The speed was yes. not as um, important, I think, as the quality. Well, that's true, but honestly, I could do another hour. I'm having so much fun, and I wish I all you guys that. could be here with me. <laughs> well, what have you got for us next week? We're going to do some more AMA, and I'm going to mention some more really interesting information that has come out of the conference. Uh, but I want to remind everybody that uh, June 15th, uh, I'm doing my first uh, webinar, Zoom Masterclass on Functional Medicine, what it is and why we need it. All right, sounds great, and thanks for today's show. And thank you, Irene, for handling the phones. Until next Monday. Everybody take care. Stay healthy. You have been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Stay tuned to WMNF for a lineup that is the envy of the airwaves. Coming on up is five minutes of NPR news and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. Following Sustainable Living is a smidgen of NPR news and then Community Speaks, the power hour radio show dedicated to truth and rights hosted by Mabili. And then at 2 o'clock, it's It's the Music, hosted by Blaney Whalen, who will dig deep into the archives and pick new fruits of music to bring you a show that you won't hear anywhere else. So until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community-conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved. Live.